you know, when you when you're when you're at a ball game or you're at arena or wherever, you know, the, the in-between innings, the skits, the fun factor, the zaniness of minor league baseball <laughs> is really important. And the video boards, you know, play a, a really large role in, in all of that. Hello and welcome to the Dactronics Experience Podcast. I'm Justin Oxner here with Matt Anderson. Today we're joined by Mike Bauer, General Manager, and Ryan Gardenswartz, Media Relations and Marketing Manager, both with Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. They're going to share the details of America's Busiest Ballpark, a project that brought two new outfield displays, and how they use them. And we're here today with Mike and Ryan. Mike, how you doing? We're doing well. Thanks for having us today. Yeah, and Ryer, how are you doing as well? Also doing well. Excited to chat and learn more about you guys. And then I'm here. This is Matt. I know you're about to say that, Justin. <laughs> but um, thank you guys both for taking the time out of your day to join us today. And then, May Mike, we'll start with you first. Can you maybe give our listeners kind of an idea of who you are, what's your title with Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium, and kind of maybe a bit of your background, how you got the, to that position? Yeah, certainly. So I'm the general manager of Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium, and Roger Dean uh, is the spring training home for both the Miami Marlins and the St. Louis Cardinals. So during the last week of February and, and basically all of March, you know, each of our clubs play 15 home games, 30 in total. And then immediately after spring training, when our, our teams head back to Miami and St. Louis, we have four minor league teams that call Roger Dean home. We have two Florida State League teams, which is the low A uh, rum of minor league baseball, and two complex league teams, which is the rookie level of minor league baseball. We sell tickets for the Florida State League, but the, uh, the complex league guys play on our backfields. Roger Dean is a you know 110-acre complex that has a 7,000-seat uh, main stadium, uh, two very large and, you know, all-encompassing clubhouses, you know, and, and we are the 365-day rehab facility. Uh, the clubhouses, you know, in- include not only locker room space, but training space and workout facilities and agility fields and batting cages and everything <laughs> that the two big league clubs, you know, need soup to nuts for spring training and, and for their minor league uh, operations. Uh, I've been here 14 years, and, and Ryer and I, we work together to handle everything from grounds and maintenance to sales and marketing and, uh, you know, everything, you know, here and in between, making sure that uh, the teams, when they're here, you know, they're ready to, to focus on baseball and player development, and, and that's really our job in a nutshell is making sure that when they're in Jupiter that they have everything they need. A um, little bit on my background, um, I, I went to the University of Florida, and right out of college, I did an internship at the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, that was my first introduction to Major League Baseball. Um, from there, I, I, I landed my first position in town with the Tampa Bay Lightning and what was, the, at the time, the Ice Palace Arena. It's now called Amelie Arena. Mm-hmm. And I worked there for five years in three positions. I was uh, you know, I was mainly in operations and facility management, but, uh, you know, I, I was the suites manager, the guest services manager, and then ended as the front of house manager <laughs> and oversaw everything that the guests touched in that facility. So guest services, security, helped with some parking, 
um, you know, really the experience of, of the fans and, and the guests. From there, I moved on to Asheville and uh, ran the, the Asheville Tourist uh, Baseball Club. The organization that I was working with in Tampa was called uh, Palace Sports and Entertainment, and we secured the Asheville Tourist. So, you know, after about five years in Tampa, I moved to Asheville, and that was my first introduction to minor league baseball, and that okay. was a smaller club. You know, I think we had 12 full-time staff members and, you know, um, really, you know, cut my teeth, so to speak, on learning the, the game of baseball in, inside and out. Um, really enjoyed my time in Asheville. It's just a, a beautiful facility uh, and place to live. Um, but after about four years, the, the owner of Palace Sports uh, passed away, and and uh, and so, you know, his wife, you know, uh, you know didn't want to manage um, all the, the – the sports assets, so the Lightning and the Pistons and our little club in Asheville were, were all sold to different, you know, different owners, and that kind of forced me to have to find a new job, and that's what brought me to Roger Dean. So I've been here 14 years now and have had the pleasure of working with Ryer for about four, and uh, we're wrapping up our uh, 2023 season, but at the same time already getting ready for – you know, spring training 2024 as we go on sale with tickets here in about a month. So, you know, for us, we, 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 we claim to be the busiest ballpark in America with all the games that we play and, you know, our six teams that call Roger Dean home. Um, but we're excited to chat with you guys because Dactronics is a big partner of ours in making sure that not only do we have all the, the necessary items, the score and you know, the speed pitch and, and the things they expect at a ball game, but we also use Dactronics to help us carry our sponsorship messages that much further. Uh, we've been a big fan of uh, Dactronics for many years and happy to be here. Wow, awesome. Thank you. That's, that's quite the history there. You jumped around quite a few different places before you, you landed there at Roger Dean Stadium. So, uh, did, And I got to imagine, I mean, you did all these things with the individual kind of teams, facilities. Did Let's say how they got you ready for all the different things now at, at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium because you you starting out saying you got six teams to call it home. It's America's busiest ballpark, and before you even went into your background, I was thinking in my head like, what would get someone ready for being a GM at such a busy ballpark <laughs> yeah. like this? Yeah, you know, I, I had a uh, Sean Henry. He he now runs the National Predators. When I was leaving Tampa to go run Asheville for Palace Sports, he told me, he's like, you know, until you've worked in three different facilities and learned three different ways of doing things and learned three different cultures, are you really experienced enough that you can run your own ship? And I, I think he's pretty spot on because by the time I, you know, I got to, to Roger Dean here in Jupiter, I had a pretty good basis of how, you know, it was done in a couple of other places, and that, that really helped. Nice, nice. So that's that all makes sense now. You've you've gotten the experience, and like yeah. you said, those three different places. I mean, it sounds like you were you were in quite a few different areas too. So it's it seems to have all come together there for you. Um, and I kind of want to throw it back over to Ryer really quick. Ryer, can you explain kind of your role at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium and how you got to there? Sure. So being the media relations and marketing manager, I oversee and kind of lead all the marketing efforts, uh, and that goes from radio copy getting us on TV, press releases, social media, email newsletters, kind of anything we can use at our disposable to get the message across, right? With 
so many games from, as Mike said, you know, mid-February through mid-September. We always kind of have something going on. So just making sure that our community is aware 24-7 of what's going on at the stadium. Uh, I take a lot of pride in doing that and kind of always sharing our message. And then how I got started here is I actually, I graduated from college in 2019, was ready to jump into sports and uh, started here as an intern. I was just the media relations intern at the time. And I went through the ranks, had a lot of funky seasons with COVID, lockouts, everything. And uh, Mm -hmm. now I'm kind of here leading the charge, thanks to Mike and a lot of other people along the way, kind of showing me the ropes and leading that way for me, paving that way. Did you always know then, Ryer, I mean, even when you were graduating, that you wanted to be in sports or even baseball specifically? I did. So my playing days were very short-lived, unfortunately, uh, but always loved sports and I knew I wanted to be in sports. So it was right out of college. That was the goal is get a job in sports. Um, Didn't necessarily know it would be baseball, but loved baseball and was ready to work in baseball Um, and kind of haven't regretted anything. haven't looked back since. So. Nice. Uh, was your major kind of in, in a sporting area or was it more in that uh, media relations or broadcast type area? Yeah, a little bit of both. So I went to Miami of Ohio and they have a unique program. It's called their SLAM program, Sports Leadership and Management. Uh, and it forces you to double major. So I actually have a journalism background and a sports management. So kind of parlayed those two into the media relations, communications role. Uh, but because of my college and everything, I got got a little taste of a lot of different aspects of uh, the sports and the front office and kind of all the different roles there. And then even going into marketing, right, Ryer? I mean, I know Justin and I have been in marketing for a long time, and it's marketing is something that you could, I'd say, you learn, but you have to stay with it because so much changes. And I, I graduated with a marketing degree a lot, I don't need to say that what year, but it was a lot longer ago in 2019. But um, I think I've told this before. I was moving like marketing books around the other day in a in our basement storage, and you look at those, and it's some of that stuff you can apply today, but not a lot of it. So I mean, you you kind of had the the sports side, the journalism side. How did you find your way kind of into the marketing and, and staying up with that? Yeah, so kind of learned that a lot of it goes hand in hand, right? A lot of it's getting the message across, kind of that. That headline statement, right, mm-hmm. is huge in marketing of what's your selling point, what's your hook, mm-hmm. um, and just the whole kind of public relations aspect of it. And then, as you said, it's always changing. So kind of just staying up to date with things and seeing what the latest trend is, seeing where our marketing dollars mm-hmm. should go. You know, do we scale back our radio copies and push more towards a social media ad, vice versa, whatever it kind of is, um, and just always learning more and more about our market as well. We, you know, I've quickly learned that every market in minor league baseball, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. So, kind of narrowing in and zeroing in on what works in your specific market has been huge for me as I've kind of gotten my footing in minor league baseball. Nice. And then, and then you're kind of bringing that together for for minor league baseball, the the um, the other two pro teams that you have there in the spring, and then. Um, all those different events at America's busiest ballpark, right? <laughs> and then you said it's it's always changing. You're always keeping up with with marketing and and the different 
tactics that are out there and different things that you can do. And that's kind of almost the same with what you've recently done is in terms of displays within the stadium and, and kind of changing the that game day experience. So I'm kind of curious about that aspect of it. What did you guys kind of start with in the past few years for um, your, your game day experience and, and technology within the ballpark? Um, and what kind of led to, to the change of saying, hey, maybe we should put some new technology in here? Well, Ryer, I'll take that one if you don't mind. You know, the last time that we updated our two boards and, and was back in, in 2012. And we had one that was, you know, a, a video display and one that had the, you know, traditional matrix board with your balls and strikes and nine innings on it. And uh, it would just come to end of life, right? You know, technology is always changing very quickly. And, you know, we were ready for something new, something a little more vibrant, something a little larger, something that had a little better uh, you know, resolution on it. And so when we, we started talking, um, you know, we were, we were, we were looking at how can we make the game experience better? You know, we didn't have any, you know, cameras to do, you know, live shots within the, within the stand. So we knew we wanted to add that as well. And we wanted to be able to tie our sponsors messaging into the game in a fun way. So that's really what our, 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 purpose was when we when we redid the boards was better resolution larger higher quality bring in cameras and improve the the sponsorship messaging and you know the fun factor in, at the games and mm-hmm. you know when you when you're when you're at a ball game or you're at an arena wherever you know the the in-between innings the skits the fun factor the zaniness of minor league baseball <laughs> is really important and the video boards, you know, play a, a really large role in in all of that. I was going to say that's what you mentioned the sponsorship aspect, and I was kind of curious: is it when it is getting close to that time where you know that you need to upgrade the tech? Is it you approaching sponsors, them coming to you, or is it kind of like a mutual kind of you both understand this is something that you should look at? Well, you know, in our case, you know, we were getting to end of life, and you know the. Uh, replacement parts were becoming a little more challenging to, to pin down and you just kind of realize that it's time, but your sponsors will tell you what they're looking for, right? So when our sales team is out in meetings, they'll say, Hey, I'm able to do this at other parks. Can you guys do that? And if the answer is no, we can't do that. Then, you know, that triggers something in the back of your mind that it's time to upgrade. Right. So mm-hmm. I do think that, you know, sponsors are seeing what the newer, uh, technology can do, and they're not afraid to share that. And I believe this came in right around 2022, right? Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair assessment. You know, so the, unfortunately, that 2020 to 21 becomes a big blur now. But yeah. 2022, is, 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 I think, is fair. Some people say you don't count it, and some people say you count it twice. Is what I've heard from other people. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I was I was kind of asking that because then I wanted to ask you then, Ryer. Um, I, I believe you said you've been with the team for four years now. I was kind of curious then on on your view. How was it? You know, it sounds like maybe you're right there around that time frame. Yeah, and I definitely kind of jumped right in, and I saw the end of life. Uh, we were replacing mods, um, and then Mike was great about kind of opening up and saying, you know, what do you, from your side, what do you need? What works best? Like how, you know, have have an input, right, um, into the new board. So, truly, I kind of jumped right in and jumped right along for the whole process from beginning to end, and uh, 
I'm sure there's a lot more that went into it than what I saw. Mm -hmm. uh, but just kind of having the ideas of, you know, let's get the video cameras going. Let's be able to change our layout on a whim if we need to. Let's mm -hmm. be able to plug in an HDMI and play a movie, right? All these little things that were new to us were, were pretty groundbreaking for probably the first few months that we uh, were up and running. Yeah, and you got two new displays there. They're 25 feet uh, wide by – or 21 feet – 25 feet high, <laughs> sorry, by 41 feet wide. Um, they're 15 HD, but now you've got all those, uh, the new, newer technology, some newer bells and whistles, like you, the features you were mentioning there. Uh, maybe throw this back to Mike. Did you tour any other stadiums, or, or where did you kind of look to see what should we put in our ballpark? Well, I think, you know, Ryer and I being in sports, we're visiting a lot of different facilities, you know, very routinely, right, very often. So we get to see what NFL teams are doing. We get to see what college teams are doing. We get to see what other minor league teams are doing. And we kind of knew, you know, having some internal conversations, what we were looking for. So, you know, we loved the video board that we had in left center field, you know, with the previous iterations of the boards. But we wanted to convert the right field one into something that could be changeable on a daily basis. So we got rid of the old static version of uh, the baseball scoreboard and now having two um, straight video boards has really been an improvement. Ryer and his team now can, you know, change the boards based on the game, based on an event that we bring in. Um, it really gives us a little more flexibility and, you know, it also has improved the look and the image of everything that we've had. You know, we've gone from looking a little more minor league to a little more major league, which is really helpful. And, and, and I think, you know, everyone notices that. That's good. I'm, I'm glad you were able to go out and see things because, uh, I mean, listening to you at the beginning of all the different, uh, you know, uh, games you have there yeah. every year and all the different teams that play there, I was kind of worried, like, do you, ever, do you ever able to get out and see other things at all? Yeah, we stay busy here, but, uh, you know, you've got to have a balance, right? You've got that work-life balance. And, <laughs> yep. You know, I talk about what, that with my guys all the time. we got to make sure that, you know, we take care of what's going on in front of us at work, but we got to take care of home, too. Right, and it sounds like you did that with this installation and got some got some good uh, toys there for you to use. Um, I'm kind of curious on the the installation side of things. You know, you mentioned it was kind of right after that COVID time frame where that installation happened. How did everything go there, getting the displays installed? You know, fr from your end, very very well. From our end, it was a little challenging because the location of those boards is just beyond our outfield wall, but between the wall and our clubhouses is a service road. And we learned that uh, underneath that service road, not only is there drainage for the fields and, you know, the stormwater and all of that, but we also have power runs for our field lights. We also have a lot of fiber runs for all of the uh, cell tower partners that use our lights to uh, get their cell service out there, Verizon, AT&T, and the like. And so we had a little bit of a, a spaghetti mix underneath there. So it took <laughs> us a little time to uh, navigate the spaghetti and get a, a solid uh, space to put the footers in and all of that. But once we got that figured out, you know, from soup to nuts, you guys did a great job, you know, managing the project for us, you know, as the general contractor and getting everything installed uh, was a very smooth process. 
No, it's, I like that. Navigating the spaghetti, I think, is what the, the term you had. It definitely sounds like a lot of untangling and figuring out where things go. We hear that sometimes, too, with installations. It's when you get to the support beams or the footers, it's, oh, we didn't know this was here, or all the documentation stuff you have to have these days wasn't done when the place mm-hmm. originally kind of had went in, so people kind of come into these different things. Um, and then from, from your side, Ryer, is it – you know, I'm not sure your level of when things are being installed. How are you involved in it at all? Yeah, so I was involved a lot more. Mike was very involved on the service road and the placement of the boards. And then I kind of oversaw the control room, the racks. Uh, there was a During that transition period, you know, we had two racks in the room. We had a couple extra computers. We were kind of stitching it all together. Um, and I kind of worked with our setup there and how we wanted to essentially revamp our entire control room with to make these new boards kind of shine. Uh, so that was cool to see and work alongside on that front. Yeah, because I was kind of, I mean, I was thinking of it now, listening to your answer there, Ryer, is, you know, your media relations and marketing we've talked about. And it kind of hit me like, okay, so are you also the one helping run the board or kind of how is the control room set up from an operator standpoint? Yeah, so... You know, as I said, when I took this internship, I was thinking media relations. I was going to write articles and dive into stats, and it's become so much more. And a big part of my job is running the video boards, kind of controlling the in-game show. Uh, so through game scripts and fan cams and all of that. So I, I kind of, I like to say I'm up in my perch, up in my bird's nest, <laughs> watching the game, making sure we're queuing in the PA announcer, music's proper. Uh, walk-up songs are organized, all of that kind of behind-the-scenes stuff that goes into what the fans experience. I like to kind of pull those strings and be the puppeteer. Yeah, you're the director of all that stuff. That's <laughs> yeah. interesting hearing every every little detail. You kind of you're you're in charge of making sure it all happens as it needs to. So that's cool. Um, and you know when you've got those those new elements out out in the outfield, wh- were you looking at it saying, okay, how do I? How do I uh, cut these boards up and use them to show what I want to? Or what was the first thing you were most excited to do with the new technology? Yeah, good question. I think what I was most excited to do was honestly play college football on the video board. <laughs> Not having to go through a TriCaster, being able to plug in my laptop. I know our grounds crew really appreciated that every Saturday morning, too. <laughs> um, no, but from a fan perspective, the fan cams was what I was really excited for. Okay. Uh, you know. Not just having a flex cam go in the third inning, but also being able to point that at the field and show a replay and just everything that opened up a lot of avenues for us there. So that was really exciting for me and kind of playing around with those and putting a fun frame on the fan cam and doing the fun effects and splits and all of this cool things that we are now allowed to do. Even, I mean, same with the control side a little bit. So, how many, um, like, do you have different cameramans? How many cameras do you have then, too, Ryer? Yeah, we have two wireless fan cams okay. uh, that will run during spring training. And then uh, depending on kind of our minor league season, you know, some nights we got rainstorms. It's a little bit lighter. We'll kind of pivot to one. But we can run two at a time. Okay. And then maybe, uh, Mike, then, if you think back to, we, we were just talking with Ryer about, you know, when it was first up, what were you looking to do? If you think back, Mike, on that first event when it was first used, how was it received by, I mean, yourself, your thoughts on it, but also the fans and sponsors? Well, I think everybody, when you, when you look at the fans and sponsors, as soon as you walk in, you noticed it, right? Mm-hmm. They're larger, they're vibrant, they, they're beautiful. You know, 
we had a uh, an animations package that we purchased from you all as well and so like all of the you know activities that we that we do between innings were new it, you know right away everybody noticed it you know and we were excited to show them off to be honest with you because it was time um, but you know I would agree with Ryer the fan cams and you know being able to display our on-field activities and things that we were doing on the dugouts um, with cameras to, to, to really zoom in on the activities was huge. And you mentioned templates there too, Mike. How important was it to have like a, a creative template uh, ready to go, especially for that first season? Well, that's huge because, you know, there's so many different animations that we use during a game, right? From home runs to singles to doubles to walks to outs, you know, having those animation displays really bring a fun factor um, to the game. But you've also got to know the game, right? you got to know when to play the certain items. And, you know, that's where it's invaluable for us to have a guy like Ryer who not only is marketing and promotions and PR – you know, he runs the, the fun factor and, and the game script for us and does a really nice job. Yeah, and maybe throwing this back to Ryer then, is that is that easy from, from your side of it once you got that animation package or those templates to kind of control the displays? Is it easy to call, control one display versus the other? Yeah, you know, it, it's a lot of prep before, kind of making sure our buttons are all in order and our properties are right, layers are right. But kind of once you do that groundwork, it's easy during the game and it it as mike said it's fun right people like seeing the home run animation up there instead of just a you know a tick on our matrix scoreboard right so all of that added a whole new layer to it and kind of once you put in the work setting it all up it's run a show you press some buttons and it's it's all working like a charm so yeah it's great maybe even to expand on that a little bit was if you push one button, does it go onto both displays, or are you t- trying to time the pr- the press of a button to make sure both displays sync up, or, or what's going on there? Yeah, so it kind of varies, too, uh, with all of our different events. So a lot of times we'll have it take over both boards. Um, if it's a big home run or something huge like that, if it's just a, a walk, right, maybe we'll have it take over only left field, so we leave the line score up on our right field board at all times. Um, so fans can kind of always see that action. So it's a little bit of both to answer your question. It kind of just depends on the event. And as Mike said, it's a whole lot of just knowing the game of baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Having that intuition on when it's appropriate to play certain animations and kind of take over the video boards compared to when you want to leave some information about the game up. So a little bit of both. And at this point, we have a lot of different buttons and setups kind of at our at our fingertips ready to go whenever the situation arises. Yeah, it sounds like both displays there and the control system, the way you have it, it gives you a lot of flexibility. Like you said, you've got multiple events there, multiple different teams. You kind of have the flexibility to hit what you need for whatever event's available. No doubt. And then, um, Mike, maybe over to you then, thinking about all the different, I would say, tenants you have, Mm -hmm. um, what was the feedback from all of them then on these boards that that first year too? And and how does it work with them? Is it – each team kind of has a different thing they bring to you for ideas on what to do with the boards, or is it you kind of tell them, here's kind of our script and how things go? Yeah, I think, you know, we have to be cognizant that we have four teams that play here, right? So if we have the spinny logo that represents the Marlins, we got to do the same for the Cardinals, the Hammerheads, and the Palm Beach Cardinals. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and that's really uh, the maze that, not the maze, but the challenge that Ryer has 
because he's got to give all four teams equal love, right? Mm -hmm. So anything that we do for one, we're doing for the other three. Um, And, you know, you have to do it in a way that's tasteful, that looks good, that is going to represent the teams well. You know, one of the things that I remember when I took the job here at Roger Dean is that, you know, you're always – you're always representing the clubs and whatever we, we put out here, whether in the form of an article, you know, a story, uh, an animation package, the in-game entertainment, it's got to represent the teams with, with, with respect and dignity, right. And, and quality. So uh, that's really the challenge that Ryer has is, is upholding that with, with the, the in-game entertainment. Yeah, it sounds like he's got his hands full there and making sure that <laughs> yeah. everybody's not just happy, but everybody gets a, uh, the best foot forward for their club mm-hmm. every time that they're using the stadium, right? Exactly. And I'm, I'm thinking, too, and I'm, it's, it's almost kind of taking it back a little bit, too, Mike, when, when you're deciding to go with these displays, and you mentioned there was the older one there, I know Justin and I are in marketing, too, so mm-hmm. I always like to ask the question to guests when I can. Um, before all this, had you heard of Dactronics before, and kind of what was your history with Dactronics and knowing that you were going to continue to go with us? Yeah, so when I was in Asheville um, and we, we moved over and, and took over that club, uh, we, we, you know, Asheville plays in, in historic McCormick Field, which means it's over 100 years old or near 100 years old. And, you know, when we, when we first got there, they had a really old – you know, matrix board that was very simple, you mm-hmm. know, runs, balls, strikes, outs, and that's about it. And so one of the first things that we knew that we had to do was, was rip that out and bring something, you know, more modern to the mix. And this is back in, you know, the early 2000s. So the technology then's a little different than now, but, you know, we brought in our first, you know, matrix video board, you know, not matrix, but video board, uh, still had the balls and strikes, brought in some, you know, rotating signage, some backlit displays, and, and really enhanced what, what they had at, at McCormick Field. And that was my first, you know, opportunity to work with Dactronics. And at the time, we, we put the project out to bid. I think we had four different manufacturers or vendors come, come look at it, and ultimately Dactronics put together the best uh, piece of equipment and, and package that uh, made the most sense for us at the time. And that's when I was really introduced to uh, Dactronics. And, and Kyle Adams, who I think is still with you guys, helped us yep. uh, back then with that project. And, um, you know, since then, I've been a Dactronics guy. Okay, nice. And, I mean, maybe we'll throw it over to Ryer, too, and kind of hear your <laughs> experience. Ryer, did you hear of Dactronics even even before this job with Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium, maybe in college? Barely. So this was definitely <laughs> the first full cannonball jump-into-the-deep-end experience with Dactronics. <laughs> uh, okay. Before that, it was running all sports for high school and in college and here and there for kind of whatever needed, uh, you know, my – youth hockey teams and t-ball teams and whatever it was we all had a little all sport machine yep. wired up that you press a few buttons and it lit up but this was head first <laughs> right jumping into the deep end now yeah, so, so yeah how it's, easy were you able to swim then after that or was was it pretty easy to make that transition or talk about that a little bit yeah and you know i had a lot of great support uh the people before me you know they had experienced a ton of daxtronics too so they were really good at kind of paving the way and really outlining a roadmap on how to effectively use Dactronics and all the tools that you guys give us, essentially. 
Um, and then it's just learning on the job, right? Kind of absorbing information and, mm-hmm. you know, knowing who to talk to, knowing the acronyms for each computer, you know, what's a DSCI compared to a KVM and all of those little nuances, just learning along the way was kind of how it, it all came to fruition. Yeah, it's kind of cool to hear there's there's the two different sides of it. Like, Mike, you've heard of it for for years, and then Ryer just pretty recent to, <laughs> yeah. to kind of um, learn and, and hear of Dactronics. It's always interesting to hear how, how long people have known about us in, in certain spaces. But now you have those two displays, and you're using them at events, and you've had them for, for a year now. Maybe what was it like when you first turned them on for that unveiling event? I heard there, there was something special you did to, to show off the boards for the first time. Maybe uh, Mike can speak to that one. Yeah, we held a Chamber of Commerce event for sort of like a ribbon cutting, you know, you know, every year that we have a new season, we like to talk about the upgrades you make to the park, the new things that are going to be going on, maybe some new food choices, et cetera. But uh, for us this year, showing off the video boards was important. So we had the Chamber of Commerce out and, uh, you know, we, we had an opportunity to do like a batting practice experience for each one of them. So they had a chance to step in the cage and hit some balls, but we had their, their headshot on the screen and introduced them and, you know, had some uh, walk-up music and made an experience out of it. And really, that's what it all boils down to, right? The video boards play a key piece in the experience that we put on for our fans and our sponsors, and that was our first opportunity to do that and left a lasting impression with, with you know, the, the Chamber of Commerce folks. That's awesome. And and then also, I mean, you have, I, I hate to just say, what are other events that you host there? Because you have so many baseball yeah. games, but is there anything else you kind of do with the ballpark that's not baseball related? Yeah, we do a lot of baseball here. Not only do we have <laughs> spring training and minor league baseball, but we, we, we host about 20 to 25 regional and national tournaments here. And we are actually in the middle of one right now. Our tournament season kind of runs from... April to November. So we stay very busy with baseball. You know, on the community side, we'll, we'll host some 5Ks, maybe some mm-hmm. smaller, you know, little community concert type shows. A lot of people know us for the Abacoa Beer Fest at uh, the Craft Brewers Festival that's here. Um, you know, a lot of community events. If it ends in festival, that's what we like to get involved in. <laughs> Uh, you know, the, in this Abacoa community, it's like a live, work, and play. I kid, leave it in be- leave it to Beaver, white picket fence, you know, environment around us. You know, live, work, and play, and our park marries well with that environment. That's awesome because when, whenever we ask that to customers, it's it's usually the what do you do with this space in the off season? But knowing knowing the setup yeah. you have, that's why I wasn't even sure to ask the question because I'm like, you don't really have an off season at all. Yeah, we really don't. You know, we we we. We're in the playoffs right now, so our last potential game could be September 20th. And then uh, October 10th, we go right back on sale with tickets for spring training, and we're off and running, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, what do you guys do in the off season?" Well, the off season is where our most critical work is done, right? It's the pre-planning for next year. Get in, in Ryer's case, it's getting the marketing plan put together. Mm-hmm. And how are we going to sell tickets and you know, you've got to let your fields heal in the wintertime because even though it's Florida and it's warm year-round, grass doesn't grow very well in December and January when it gets below 50 degrees. So, you know, there is some pre-planning, some pre-marketing. You know, you reset your staff. Um, you know, we're not maybe working games, but the critical uh, work is being done for sure. 
Yeah, and maybe there's a there's a teaser there of, of what's coming up for marketing next year. Have you have you thought that far ahead, Ryer? Or what are you looking forward to in the future with these displays? Man, we are just kind of getting underway there, but it's we're always thinking of what new events or promos can we do and looking across not just minor league baseball, but colleges and professional teams uh, to see kind of what do fans want, right? How can we elevate that game day experience, like Mike said earlier, and take it to the next level um, and kind of just continue to grow with our technology, with the game, with everything involved. So very raw in that sense right now, but I'm sure in a few weeks we'll have have a few more uh, ideas and we're mm-hmm. always brainstorming here, for sure. Yeah, you're in the brainstorming season right now. You're just, <laughs> like you said, you're just finishing up playoffs before you, you kind of hit your quote-unquote offseason there, before you have to start thinking too hard about that type of stuff, right? Definitely. Now, maybe, what about... You know, Ryer's being, a, Ryer's being a little modest because, you know, we've got a lot going on, and, you know, we've got a major renovation that's on the horizon, and he's already working on a, uh, a collateral... Uh, scheme that has blueprints and kind of just a cool background to it that we'll have throughout our marketing and maybe our in-game next year, you know, with, you know, this renovation on the horizon, he's, he's really done some, some beautiful artwork that's going to really showcase the board. Yeah, definitely. You definitely sound a little bit modest there yeah. too, right? That's <laughs> funny. Uh, and then Mike, I, what, I'll throw it back to you. Kind of the same question that Justin just asked though is, I know you're in the middle of the brainstorming thing right now, but do you already hear from, I don't know, sponsors or others on what they would like to see the next season already, or are you still kind of, that's going to happen soon? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of on a daily, right? Because myself and Ryer and the rest of the team, we're out meeting with our partners and, you know, we're going to lunches and uh, talking with them about, you know, what's important to them next year. How are they going to market their, their products and their organizations? And then we have to get creative and create customized packages for them, you know, that make sense for them because, you know, we have to put our marketing caps on and think like, you know, a marketer would, and how would we help uh, brand and how would we help bring their, their vision to life at our stadium or on our social media or, or whatever and, um, you know, showcasing what our boards can do, showcasing, you know, maybe new technology for them is, is really important because they don't all know what, what the boards can do and what we're capable of doing. So, you know, a lot of times I'll go to Ryer and say, hey, I've got a potential sponsor. Can you do a mock-up of this and let's put it on the board and, you know, let's showcase it for them. And, uh, and he helps with that quite a bit. And it's not only myself, it's the other folks in the the office that, you know, that need those examples. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that kind of flows into into, into the, one of our last questions here is, do you have any advice for people that are looking to kind of go through and implement new technology? Like you're, you're talking about working with the sponsors, you're talking about working with getting all these uh, different things ready and the brainstorming that goes ahead of it. Do you have any advice for somebody looking to say, hey, maybe we should upgrade our technology and, and to know what that's all going to entail? Yeah, there's a few pieces to this, right? You know, Having the new technology is great, but you got to have the people to run the boards, the people that can do the work, right? Like the animations just don't pop up, right? Like right. somebody <laughs> creative has to put them together. Mm-hmm. So you got to have a little bit of wherewithal to do it. You got to know, you know, what your uh, limitations are because, you know, really we're a smaller, a smaller club, right? We're a spring training operation, but we're really a, a business staff of 20 people. So you've got to make sure that whatever you decide to do, that it's within your wherewithal. 
you know, an NFL team that has, you know, like I just think of Jacksonville is up the road from us, right? Like mm-hmm. I, their two boards are, are massive, right? Yep. Um, and their control room has as many people in it probably as our entire staff. So they're able to do quite a bit more with their in-game presentation than we are. So just working within your means, I think, is important. But um, you all have made it really easy with some of the other services that you offer to maybe help in some of those areas that we can't do in-house. We mentioned doing the animations and, you know, some of the still imagery and, and, you know, some of the servicing. You know, we have a a service agreement with you all that makes it easy on us that all we have to do is call you. and, and, And it helps a smaller organization like us kind of navigate all those things you got to go through. Okay, so if you're looking at the size of your ballpark, you might just need to get a Ryer, is what I heard. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Ryer wears a lot of hats, as we all do in, in, in minor league baseball. But, uh, yeah, having Ryer's key, he, he makes us look good every day. Okay, and I'll toss it over to Ryer. Like, if you're going to get ready for a, a new game day production or if you're looking to upgrade things, what are some uh, what's some advice that you might give somebody looking to, to upgrade out there? Yeah, I think Mike really kind of, keyed on in on it too right is understand what you can do right as great as you know i can make a quick animation like having ryan buchanan from your guys' staff really build it out and make it have that full takeover effect um is huge and just being able to kind of understand the equipment first before you already are ready to scrap it and start from scratch right that was a big thing i don't think i would be as prepared for these two boards if I didn't have the experience replacing modules and figuring out what was kind of wrong with our older system. In a sense, all those trials and tribulations made it so much easier and prepared me for state-of-the-art technology, if you will. So just kind of being able to have that understanding and that knowledge, that insight into kind of what makes everything go is critical, I would say. Okay, so you kind of got to get to know what you're working with, make sure you know what you're looking to do, and and kind of understand your situation. Make sure you know what's possible with what you've got to work with and, and where you can go from there. So maybe have have a good vision is what I'm hearing. Does that sound right, Mike? Yeah, I think that's spot on. You know, and, and Ryer and I have, have kind of learned that over the years, right? It's not something that you set out and know right away. We've, we've kind of figured it out. And, um, you know, buying a new board is not easy. Like you, 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 there's a lot you have to go through, but once, once you, you've got the staff in place and you have a good understanding of how they work and how they operate, it, it, it really uh, it goes back to game presentation and, and, and fan enhancement. It really helps. Yeah, that's great to hear. And Mike, Ryer, I, I want to thank you both for joining us today and sharing everything about uh, yourselves and how you work together at uh, Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium and, and how you pull all that off for America's busiest ballpark. So thank you for joining us today. Yeah, Justin and Matt, thank you very much. It was fun, and we appreciate the partnership. Yeah, thank you, guys. It was really great talking about it and excited to keep keep tinkering on boards and always improving. <laughs> Sounds go. great. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dectronics Experience Podcast. Please subscribe at your favorite place to listen to podcasts to keep up with our latest episodes. 